Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered. This weekly podcast is hosted by Rachel Thornhill, who speaks about her life as a race wife and also talks to other women in the racing industry about their left turns, spin outs, and wrecks on this racetrack we call life. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today is part two of our mini-series, Black Women in Motorsports. And today I'm going to talk about a woman that I did not know about at all. Um, And she is literally considered the fastest woman on four wheels. So, Today's story is going to be about Nitro Nelly Goins. So, Nelly was the first black woman to drive, to race, I should say, race Nitro Funny Cars. So, um, so she ran mainly back in the late 60s, early 70s. So her career spanned it from 1969 um, through the early 70s. And she was from Gary, Indiana. So she started at a very young age. She started at the age of 16. And y'all, when I say this, you know, her husband, Otis, was the reason why she got into racing. She was, He was like her biggest supporter. So, I mean, she was young and, you know, she was also a mom to four children, too. So, I mean, this woman was doing doing it all, you know, doing everything. You know, she was a wife. She was a mom. And then now she's also a race car driver. So, um, but that's the crazy thing is that she never like actually had the passion to get into racing at all. Um, that was never her intention. So her husband, Otis, he was, you know, extremely passionate about racing. And so what happened was in the late 19, uh, 1960s, they saved their money up to purchase a car for Otis. And it was a 1968 Barracuda. And he, and they called it the conqueror, but due to health reasons, Otis couldn't fulfill, fulfill his pr- passion of actually driving the car. So Nellie offered to drive it. Um, and so that's how she ended up getting started in her racing career. And this is an actual quote from her. So she said, drag racing was not my first passion, but I did it for my husband and my family. This was the family dream. So she did this for her family. You know, she was putting her family first and she knew that this was pretty much she was living out her husband's dream for him. Um, so the first time that she, you know, she drove a nitro friendly car was April on April 11th, 1971 at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. That's when she made history by becoming the first the first black woman to drive a nitro funny car. And then um, so she competed in many race events um, at, 
US 30 drag strip near near Gary, Indiana, since that's where they're from. And you know, she was she was obviously new to the sport, so she was developing, you know, her skills, but eventually um the 68 Barracuda wasn't cutting it, right? They needed something different. So in 1970, so in the early 1970, in 1970, I'm sorry, she, um, they commissioned a chassis builder by the name of Lee Austin to build them a new car. So this is the car that she ended up running, um, at Great Lakes Dragway. Okay. Which is what made her make history. So this car was, a 70 it had a 71 Mach 1 Mustang body and you know it was fiberglass and so she ended up running this car at US 30 um and it was an injected nitro tram and then it was later converted to a full-blown nitro burner so the car could run in the lower sevens at speeds approaching 215 miles an hour so um this but unfortunately um her ride came to an end one weekend later so this was back in august August 29th and 1971 is when she ran it at US 30. Um, and this was, so her ride came to the, to the end at Bristol dragway, um, a few years, it was a few years later. Um, so what happened was the right front tire got off the track and it damaged both the chassis and the body of the car. And Otis ended up ordering a new Monza shell for the car. But unfortunately, his health began to decline. Um, and so they could no longer really afford to race. So the car was parked and sat in their garage for almost three decades. So, guys, I mean, she literally... I mean, once once her husband's health declined, that was pretty much the end of her career. Um, because obviously, in her mind, her family came first. This was her family's dream, so she did it for her family. But then, of course, once her husband's health started to decline, you know, she had to stop. Um, but, I mean, she ended up winning several championships. She also holds, like, guys, she still holds records to this day. Like, people still haven't beaten her records to this day. So, she holds the record for the fastest quarter mile time for a female driver with a naturally aspirated engine. She also was the first female driver to break the 200 mile per hour barrier. And her top speed of 211.7 miles per hour is the fastest recorded by any female driver. So, I mean, she still holds records even to this day. So, I mean, her, her legacy is still known. This is not, you know, this is not a woman that just ran, you know, back then and people forgot about her. Um, now I I do want to kind of touch on that though. We say that she hasn't been forgotten, but let's be honest. I've never heard of this woman before. I've watched an HRA, you know, 
for quite some time, for quite a few years. And I've never heard this woman's name being spoken, period. And and it's sad because you would think that, you know, you would hear her um hear her name more often if she carried such a big legacy. Um and unfortunately this happens a lot. I mean, we we heard about it, you know, last week with Cheryl with Cheryl, you know, the Lady Glass being the first, you know, black female that was a sprint car driver. My husband has been around sprint car drivers his whole life. His his dad was a sprint car driver. I mean, my husband has been in in that community, you know, since he was a child. And he said he had never heard of that woman before. And that's the crazy thing about it. Um, And, you know, and when I say like my my husband was, you know, when he grew up, his dad raced ASCS. He raced with a lot of the people that are in the world of outlaws. Now, a lot of them have retired, the ones that he used to run with. But yeah, and he hadn't even heard of this woman. That's why I'm saying like, even though they're saying that she was pretty famous for some reason, their names have been neglected. Like they're like, people still don't know who they are. And that's why I chose to do this mini series because I want their names to be heard. And obviously they contributed so much to these sports, like to, to each of them. I mean, lady glass with the sprint cars and the quarter midgets. And then, um, now nitro Nelly, you know, her with, with the funny cars. I mean, obviously she has records that people still haven't broken that other females have not broken to this day. And there's a reason for that. And, you know, people should know about her. So, um, um, and guys, unfortunately, there's not very much information about this woman. Like, I did research for multiple days, and unfortunately, there's not much that is written about her. Um, and I, I, I hate that because, um, unfortunately, I this podcast episode's not going to be very long because of it. Um, with Lady Glass, there was so much information, I couldn't even... I couldn't even um, figure out how I was going to keep it under an hour with this one. I mean, there's not much to it. And um, I mean, I was going to try and touch on like her backstory. Like, obviously, she's from Gary, Indiana, but there wasn't anything about her childhood. There wasn't anything about, you know, like you know, her family, like if, if her family was in into racing and, and all of that, nothing like this woman's backstory is pretty much a long shot. Like there's nothing there except the fact that her and her husband Otis got together. And then that's how her racing career started. That's it. Like I cannot find anything else. Um, so now, the only other thing that I did find, and now I I don't know how accurate this is. So if anybody knows Miss Nelly or they know like her family, um, I would like for this to be confirmed. <laughs> but this is what I found because unfortunately, a lot of the 
research that I found are from other people's websites that were not a part of like the NHRA. NHRA did do a write-up on her, but there wasn't very much information there either. So this was actually from someone else's website. So I don't know where they pulled the information from because they did not cite their sources. So this is what I have. But if it's not true, I do apologize. But this is what I found that unfortunately, Otis passed away from cancer in 2018, which was a major you know, hit to the racing community. Um, and obviously Nellie as well. And, but that she is still part of the racing community and does many things to contribute to it in, in, you know, memory of Otis. And that also she wasn't, you know, she wasn't just a racer. Uh, she was a great ambassador for the sport. You know, she was passionate about promoting the sport and encouraging young people to get involved in it. Uh, she was an, an advocate for diversity and inclusion, and her work has helped to create more inclusive and welcoming environments, you know, for all racers. And obviously, you have to think about when she started racing. You're talking about in the late 60s, early 70s. For black people, period, during that time, it was a different time, right? Um, that It wasn't the norm to see black people in motorsports at all. I mean, even today, you have more, but you still don't have a lot, right? Um, you in, And you see more, you know, getting the recognition that they deserve, but you don't, you still don't see a lot. And you definitely don't see black women. Like, there's like here at least in the u.s now i have to um you know i'm not familiar with any other countries um and this includes like other motorsports like f1 um you know anything in other countries i'm not very um knowledgeable in so i cannot speak for those but as for here in the u.s right you don't really have a lot of black women in motorsports. You just don't. Um, I would like for that to change um, because I feel that, yeah, there should be, you know, more inclusion uh, and more diversity uh, when it comes to females in motorsports. I mean, females in motorsports, period, because there's not a lot. There's not a lot of women in motorsports at all. Um, I mean, it's still a very male-dominated sport. Uh, and and I mean, and it probably will always be. That's not the issue here. Uh, the issue is that even though there are more women coming into um, motorsports, they're still very underrepresented. They don't get the TV time. They don't get the publicity that the male counterparts get, you know? And so that's why I really want to give women in motorsports a platform because they don't really have the platform that they should. Um, they are having to force their, you know, force their voices to be heard. Um, and, if, if they do get the TV time, it, it's barely. They pretty much have to, like, literally kick some dude's ass, right? Or they have to be in a podium position in order to get TV time. And that's not how it should work. Um, because, I mean, their male counterparts don't have to work as hard. 
I mean, you know, they still have to work hard. Don't get me wrong, but they don't have to work as hard to get the recognition that they deserve. Um, because let's just be real. Um, and I know some people will probably be like, oh, that's just feminist bullshit, but it's not. Females are underrepresented for a reason in a lot of things. And, and it's not just, it's not just the female racers either. Okay. Like I've been on Twitter and y'all the stuff that some of these female like media, some of the females that are in media for like sportscasters and all that. Oh my gosh. The shit that gets said to these women is unreal, but they would never say that to a male sportscaster and that's the crazy thing about it um and and it's not and i'm not i'm not saying that the organizations are fully at you know fully liable for that because they're not these are fans right these are fans that are saying shit out of their ass um but at the same time we have to we have to really think about what these organizations are doing to make sure that people are held accountable for things like that um also you know is there <laughs> let's be real is there sensitivity training is there anything like that you know i mean there's things that that can be put into place in a lot of these um and a lot of these companies, diversity and inclusion training, you know, there's all different kind of things. Um, because, yeah, I mean, we do need to see more representation. And obviously, Miss Miss Nelly was one of those women that wanted to show that it could be done. One, women can do it, too, you know. And I think that the fact that her her records haven't been broken to this day shows you that unfortunately we don't number one we don't have as many women in motorsports that have probably tried to break the records but also that she was just badass because for no other woman to break her record to this day and we're talking about this is back in the 70s and we i mean you're talking about it's 2023 and nobody has broken her record yet. Now, now the thing is, it really just depends on when this was written. Of course, that could change. Um, because some of these articles were written a few years ago. So, now I'm not saying that nobody has broken it since then. And so this could be unconfirmed, right? But as of the time that these were written, no female had broken the record. So now I will probably have to go back and go look to see if, if this has actually changed. But as of what was written, no one had broken her records. So guys, honestly, um, that that's all I have for Nitro Nelly Goins. Like there's, like I mentioned, there's not very much information on her. Um, also, it doesn't say, like, based on what I've read, um, I'm assuming she's still alive because nothing, I couldn't find anything stating that she was deceased. Um, so, 
I'm going to assume that she's alive unless somebody can tell me different. Okay. Now I do know that, um, she had like all her children are grown. Um, they even have children. (laughs) Um, um, I ended up actually coming across one of her sons. Um, and I'm not going to mention his name or anything, but like, when I was doing my research, um, one of her sons, somehow I came across his LinkedIn profile, um, because it, because it said in there that he was the son of Miss Nellie. Um, so that was the only reason why I knew, um, that, and he also put how he had children. So obviously she has grandchildren too. Um, but I don't know if she is still alive or not. Um, I'm assuming she is unless I'm told different, but, um, honestly, she sounded like an amazing woman from the little bit that I, that I know about her right now. And, um, and the things that she did for the racing community, obviously people loved her, um, out there. And they loved Otis as well. Um, and I mean, he was her biggest supporter. He was, he would cheer her on all the time. He'd give her advice. He would do, you know, he was really the one pretty much running the show behind the scenes with her. Right. So, I mean, they obviously loved each other very much and they, they were, they were, you know, perfect team. Um, and I, I guess like, I really love that about her story because in a way it's reversed with my husband and me. Um, and you know, I'm his biggest supporter. I'm out there, you know, every weekend that I, that I can, the only times I've never been to a race is like, if I'm extremely ill, um, other than that, I'm always there. Um, and I'm always supporting him. I'm his biggest cheerleader. And that really showed something because it's like, even though Otis really truly wanted to race because of his health, he, he was going to have to give up on his dream. And his wife literally took the reins and was like, no, even though you can't race, I'm going to race for us. And I think that's amazing because, you know, she, she could have just been like, you know what? We could just sell the damn thing. You know, you can't do it anyway, but no, she didn't. She's like, no, I'm going to support you. This is what you truly wanted, but we're just going to live. We're just going to live that dream through me. Right. And, and I kind of think that a lot of people that are in the racing community, especially race wives, I think we can relate um, we might not be in that car, right? Or we might, we, or some of us might've wanted to race, but you know, never took the opportunity. Um, and, and that wasn't me, honestly, guys, I, I really don't want to race. That's not something I would be interested in doing, but I knew it was something that my husband loved. Right. And I knew it, he was, it was something that lit him up, right? It's a passion for him. So, why would I kill his passion when I know that that's the person that I got with in the first place, right? Like his passions are what 
you know, are a part of him and I'm not going to change my husband. And I knew that coming into it. And of course, most of us know that. So we, we come into this knowing that our husbands are part of the racing community, or they might not have been a part of the racing community when we first met them, but then like they ended up getting into it either way. We support them because they're our husbands, right? Or, or partner, you know, if you're not married, right? Whatever. Um, and then also, like, like I said, you know, some can be LGBTQ, you know, so no matter what your, you know, relationship status may be, um, we get with our partners and we know that this is what they love to do and we, and we support them through it. And it was the same thing with Nellie and Otis. They made it work. And honestly, it's a, it's a beautiful story. I mean, even though there's not much information about it, it's a beautiful story because also obviously their kids would have been young, but their kids grew up around it too. So, I mean, they did it as a family and that's what we do, you know? And I know a lot of other um, racing families can relate. Like our kids grow up in it. Our kids end up being exposed to something that most kids don't even get a chance to even be around. And I think it's, it's an amazing thing because, you know, a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people don't know what it's like unless they've lived it. And she, you know, she and Otis, gave their kids that opportunity. And I mean, and like I said, there wasn't much information about what their kids, what their kids did. Like once they were, once they were older. So who's to say some of them didn't race, right? Because they grew up in it. Like my, like my youngest daughter, that's what she wants to do. She wants to be a race car driver. Like that's all she talks about, you know, because she grew up around racing all her life. I mean, y'all and like that's, Honestly, I'm, I've never talked about it, but like my daughter was literally almost born at a racetrack because I literally was starting to like have contractions at, at a rate, at a race that my husband was racing at because we were, um, he was racing go-karts at the time, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time, which I can talk about it one day if you guys are interested but yeah, so I mean, obviously she was around it since she since the womb. So that that's all she really knows. Um, and I'm sure there's other kids that have that have a lot of the same type of experiences. So with that being said, Miss Nitro Nelly Goins, I'm going I mean, she you know, she did her thing, even though it was short lived. She still got out there. She kicked ass. She took names. And obviously, she still has records that still haven't been broken. And and, to, and you never know. They could get broken. They could get pro- broken this year. We don't know. I mean, you know, we have women that, that are doing the unthinkable, you know, in motorsports today. So who knows? But as of right now, she is still one of the top drag racers in you know in the world um and so her legacy is still here and i'm so glad that i was able to share her story with you guys today so once again 
look her up. You know, like I said, um, there was, there's not much information. And hey, if you guys find way more information that I didn't even touch on, let me know. I'm willing to like do like a bonus episode if you guys find more information on her or even if you know who her family is and they're willing to give information because obviously, like I said, there wasn't much written about her. Um, so yeah. Um, so that's it about Miss Nellie Goins. Thank you guys so much for being here for, for this episode. I truly appreciate it. You guys have no idea. Like literally this is episode 10. We are here. We've been here for 10 weeks, guys. Like, this is insanity. And so, I mean, wow. When I started this podcast, I did not think that I was going to make it this far. I knew I was, I knew I wanted to be consistent, but I'm being honest, 10 weeks was never, I'd like, it never even crossed my mind. But, because of you guys being here week in and week out with me, that is what makes this shit happen. Okay. So obviously got some things to say. So please, if you guys love the show, if you love hearing everything that I've got coming up, all of that. All right. Follow subscribe, you know, everything, follow the podcast, you know, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple podcasts, pretty much anywhere, wherever you listen to podcasts. But please, if you do listen on Apple or Spotify on Spotify, you can rate the podcast. Please do. It really helps. Um, and then also on Apple, if you can rate and also review it, like I would love to hear from you guys, no matter what it is, whether it's good or bad feedback, no matter what, I just want to hear from you guys and know what you guys think. You can also just leave a review with like shit y'all want to hear about, you know, cause I mean, I can only come up with so many ideas off the top, off the top of my head. And then eventually, you know, I'm going to need some help. So if you guys can think of anything that you want me to possibly research and talk about, I will gladly take all recommendations. Also, another thing, guys, you can subscribe to my Substack. Um, the sub Substack has the podcast there. But also, I also uh, blog there once a week. There's there's all different types of content there between blogs, and then I also do video. So um, so I also do video um, for some of the podcasts, not all of them. So whenever I have guests on, there will be a video podcast, and you will get access to that if you are a paid subscriber. So and check that out. And you also get 30 days free. It's a 30-day free trial on all paid subscriptions. So, you know, I did that on purpose so y'all can check out all the old content and stuff. And, hey, and if it's something you're vibing with, then, hey, you know, you can be um, a monthly subscriber. Um, And then, 
there is also the founding member subscription. Founding member subscription, like you guys get access to everything. And then also you get access to shit that other people don't get access to, which means you will get access to the Facebook group that I have. Um, and shit, like you will get access to me, like personally. Okay, so like you will be able to talk to me in in that Facebook group. There's also I'm going to also fire up a chat so you'll be able to talk to me there. Everything like you will get direct access to me. Also, you know, I will do like live Q&A's, but only in that Facebook group. So, yeah, you guys get like direct access to me if you become a founding member. Um, And that is a yearly subscription so either way guys whatever you do even if you choose to be a free subscriber to my my Substack, i i support i i love all the support it doesn't matter like y'all don't have to feel obligated to be a paid subscriber i'm just letting you know all the extra shit you get if you become a paid subscriber but you don't have to um i like i said i support i support I want all the support from you guys, no matter what, whether you're a free subscriber or paid, because guess what? You supporting me, period, is what matters. You know, you took the time to listen to my podcast. You took the time to read my blog content. You took the time just to interact with me, period. And I appreciate all of that. All right, guys. So that is it for me. And I will see you guys next Thursday. Um. I am not going to tell you what that podcast is going to be about, but I mean, it is going to be still the same mini series. It'll be part three, but also I do have a special guest that I'm going to be interviewing um, that will be coming up in one of the next episodes. Uh, She is a drag racer. Well, previous drag racer. She stopped doing drag racing now. Um, but she is going to talk about her drag racing days. And so I'm, I'm excited to have her on the podcast. Um, and you guys will be hearing more about that soon. So take care and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>